Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We're continuing our studies in the book of Revelation. We're in chapter 19, and we're going to read about the final war and the second coming of Christ. But before we do that, I have a very important announcement, because in the next episode, we're going to be in Revelation 20, and in my estimation, it is the most difficult chapter in the entire book of Revelation, and yet it's the most important And it's not only the most important chapter for understanding the book of Revelation, I would dare say it's the single most important chapter for understanding all of biblical prophecy. This is a biggie. Let me tell you how I started developing my interest and understanding of eschatology. Eschatology is the study of last things, biblical prophecy. Uh, I was returned to college, my second try at it, and I was in a Greek class, and I was discussing with some of my friends after the class was over about eschatology, trying to understand it, and we were all as confused as can be. We had read books, studied scriptures, heard Bible studies. I attended prophecy lectures in Southern California, and our professor, who was just about getting ready to leave, says, oh, I, I can show you how this all fits together, the basic understandings of the three major schools of biblical prophecy. And so he went to the blackboard and drew three diagrams and took about a minute with each diagram to explain each of those three views. And all of a sudden, I mean, the lights just came on. This was so simple, but it was understandable. And where before had been confusion was understanding. And I have used those diagrams ever since. In fact, it was kind of shocking to me. But within two years of having my conversion experience as a young adult and going back to an Assembly of God college, I found myself teaching eschatology, biblical prophecy, to first-year theology students. I was still an undergraduate, and the professor knew I was interested in this topic and that I had the ability to convey this to the students. And here I'm going and teaching college students who grew up in churches hearing all their lives about biblical prophecy but found it confusing. And what I did was using those three simple diagrams from my Greek professor, all of a sudden they left like, I never understood this before. And how you could go for 18 or 20 years and not get it. Well, I have a handout for you that's basically what was freely given to me by my Greek professor years ago that shows the three major views of what's called the millennium, the thousand-year period described in the book of Revelation. And again, this isn't some really confusing and uh, hyper-detailed. Its value is in its simplicity and clarity, and I'd like you to have this handout. And for only $29.95, I'm teasing, this was freely given to me, and it's going to be freely given to you. 
you, all you have to do is send us an email to askthehost at gmail.com. And this is a handout on the three views of the millennium. And if you just put in the subject line, three views, send me the handout, we'll get what that is. Askthehost at gmail.com. You may want to have that actually in hand when we get to Revelation 20, the next episode. But let's jump into chapter 19, an important chapter, because chapter 19 opens with the divine judgment upon Babylon the Great, called the Great Harlot. And in chapter 17 and 18 were extended descriptions of this great harlot and the judgment upon this corrupt global empire opposed to Christ. And rather than the great harlot, which Revelation 19 opens, it then transitions, starting in verse 7, to different imagery, that the second coming of Christ, yes, he's going to judge and make war against sources of evil, but the positive aspect of this, he's coming for his people, and that second coming is described as a bride. The church, the people of God, are described as a bride, and it's a marital union between Christ and his church. It says in verse 7, Let us rejoice, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. The bride has made herself ready. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so the first image we see, and by the way, there are multiple images in the book of Revelation very often on the same topic of the same person or the same sources of evil. There can be multiple images, and these are complementary images kind of giving you this 3D view of something. So the first image that Revelation 19 shows us of the second coming of Christ, the first coming when he was born as a baby in Bethlehem, the second coming at the end of human history is described as a marital union. And then you just go down a few verses further in chapter 19, and we see an entirely different image of the same event. And this time, it's not a marital celebration, but it's a war, the final war. And let me read you some of these verses. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. He who sat upon it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. And the armies of heaven followed him on white horses, and from his mouth issues a sharp sword with with which to strike the nations. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name inscribed, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I guess kingship is a rather important theme in the book of Revelation. And then it says, and I saw the beast, that's the Antichrist, the kings of the earth, that those who are aligned with the Antichrist, with their armies gathered to make war against him, who sits upon the horse and against his army. They don't do too well in that war, and they're cast into the lake of fire. Now, there are obviously radically different views of what is going on in 
Revelation 19 and 20. And let me speak for a moment for the view of the rapture at any moment theory uh, called dispensationalism. There are so many Americans and even people around the world where American prophecy teachers are broadcasting their theories that believe this. I believe it's incumbent upon each of us not only to know what we should believe as Catholics, but to understand others so we can share with them effectively the Catholic beliefs. Now, where is the rapture in the book of Revelation? Well, they claim it's in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. And what happens in chapter 4 and verse 1, it starts with this phrase, after this, uh, in Greek, mata tauta. Now, um, there are prophecy teachers who probably, self-proclaimed experts, who probably have never set foot in a Greek New Testament class, but are very proudly saying, mata tauta, and everybody says, wow, that sounds so profound. After this, after what? Well, in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, you have the seven churches. And they'll very quickly say these are referring to seven actual churches in Asia Minor in the first century, but the real meaning of this are the seven ages of the church. So Revelation in 2 and 3 are the seven ages of the church, and after the church is done, after this, mata tauta, uh, John's caught up to heaven, which doesn't say the church is caught up to heaven, the people of God are called up to heaven. It's just John is pulled up to heaven to see another verse. But they're claiming that this is the secret rapture. This is probably a low blow, but it's so secret that the book of Revelation doesn't explicitly mention it. Um, it's just the words after this. Now, they probably don't tell you, and even some of the people proclaiming Mata Tauta and Revelation 4.1 don't mention that Mata Tauta, after this, is mentioned in chapter 7, verse 9, chapter 9, verse 12, chapter 15, verse 5, chapter 18, verse 1. Let's see, is it in 19? And 19. What it simply is, is the book of Revelation is showing you vivid images, visual images, and then things St. John heard. And it's like a movie when you, you know, the movie changes scenes. And when a movie does that, uh, they don't say mata tauta, it just changes scenes. But what if you do, if you're trying to put visual scenes into a book, you just do after this, after this, after this, after this I saw, after this I heard. It's simply a change of a visual scene. Sometimes it's the same topic, but from a different perspective. Now, the entire book of Revelation is a message to the church, not the first four chapters, as the rapture in any moment folks claim. John in chapter 1 says, John to the seven churches that are in Asia Minor, chapter 1, verse 11, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. So the whole book is to the churches, not just the first four chapters. Now, and now this is where it gets complicated in the rapture at any moment theory, and you should be aware of this, for they're claiming that chapter 4 and verse 1 is the secret rapture, which is a 
coming of Christ. Coming of Christ, they claim, for the true Christians. It's a secret coming, but it's a coming nonetheless. They also believe that chapter 19, there's a coming of Christ, just like Catholics do. But in reality, the rapture at any moment theory has this as a third coming. There's no third coming, but there's a you know, they believe in a secret coming in chapter 4, verse 1, and then in chapter 19, another coming. They're, and this is where it gets so confusing, and people believe this, but they don't really understand it because it's confusing. And it's not the way it is. There is one second coming, and that's in chapter 19. So, uh, in chapter 19, we're going to read about the final war. And in chapter 19, there's a final war. In chapter 20, there's the final war. And in chapter 16, we saw the kind of behind the scenes stirring up of the demonic, which gathered the kings for the final war, that war called Armageddon or Harmageddon, as we discussed. Now, in the rapture at any moment theory, the war in chapter 19 is separated by 1,000 years by the war in chapter 20. And yet, this is only seven verses away, and they say it's 1,000 years in between. I'm just going to make this real simple. The Battle of Armageddon in Revelation 16, the final war defeating the Antichrist in Revelation 19, and the battle defeating Satan in Revelation 20, these are simply complementary descriptions of the same final battle, battle that coincides with the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's that simple. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 119 of Luke 21 Radio. Be sure to request your handout for next episode. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.